Hello, Danhausen here. Danhausen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housing. Christoph Housing, yes, very good. You both got the housing in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that Danhausen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House podcast housing. Danhausen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 301 for uh, recording date Sunday, November 20th, 2022. Hello, I am Marty. And I'm Kristoff, and uh, my gears are full, my friend. Yes. Yes, the gears are, are extremely full. Uh, and probably this episode, because we're going to be recapping uh, what went down in the books, is, you know, a, a th- four and a half, five hour long pay-per-view. Uh, this will probably be yeah. almost exclusively about last night's AEW pay-per-view extravaganza. Because it's still a pay-per-view. It's not a premium live event. It is a pay-per-view. Yes, we can still use the, still use the old tried and true PPV. Yes. Uh, but it was full gear 2022 coming at you live from Newark, New Jersey. Uh, there are some title changes in the books, unlike mm-hmm. probably every AEW pay per view to this point. No surprise debuts. Um, which, yeah, if anything, yeah, was probably the biggest one, surprise but... of the night. The biggest surprise yeah. is there are no surprises. Right. Well, I, I, I figure you know after the hubbub of the the ending and post show of the last pay-per-view right tony kind of wanted to you know Lock just refocus down. and yeah i mean we had a big return but that was already announced ahead of time yeah so it wasn't a, a big surprise the surprise was you know how the finish of the main event happened but even that wasn't really a surprise because right. we telegraphed the fuck out of it over the past couple weeks so right. so yeah no no big major uh day butts or or anything like that so yeah, yeah. It's some fun spots some fun matches overall you know uh solid b, b pay-per-view yeah, uh, I I feel like it was the show AEW needed. It, it um, you know, it did not re- reach the heights of say, uh, you know, uh, all out twenty twenty one, or you know, mm-hmm. when you think about the lexicon of of all time great pay per views from AEW, sure. um, it was definitely one of the the stronger cards this year. Yes, it was a little long. Yes, there was a match or two that really didn't fire off the way that I think anyone wanted up to and including the participants within them um but in terms of a show i i I think the statement is very solid it it was sort of a a recalibration and an indication of like yes this this is uh, a more stable a more solidified more to the point aew and uh you know we we got the launch of uh, a new era in aew with a, a new world champion um before that, very quickly, some breaking news just before uh, we re-recorded. Well, by just before, I mean uh, maybe three oh. hours ago. Um, gotcha. okay. So it is confirmed officially. It was uh, the the challenge was issued via video. 
uh, in a great promo, mostly in Japanese, uh, coming out of the New Japan Stardom crossover show. Uh, it will be at the Tokyo Dome for the IWGP US heavyweight title. Will Ospreay defending against Kenny Omega, which a massive announcement for that show. Like that is the type of yeah. shot in the arm that show needed. Uh, sure. Like yeah. that, that, that takes it to the next level. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of people, uh, including ourselves thought this was a direction they were going into. Certainly the post all out investigation and, and what have you probably threw a wrench in the gears. Uh, mm-hmm. no pun intended, but mm. we uh, are are going to the promised land, the best bout machine versus you know the the current superstar Gaijin, uh one on one in the Tokyo Dome for the belt that Kenny Omega built. Uh, I, I I think it's going to be a great match, and uh, very very excited about that. Yeah, I would imagine that the Bucks would come with him to second because i'm pretty sure yeah. aussie open will be there for uh will osprey and there may even be a match between those two teams oh announced between now and then <laughs> don't tempt me with great. a good time chris <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that is uh that, that's that's big news it's good to see kenny back uh involved with uh with new japan because you know it's been what four almost four years uh, by that point, it will have yeah. been four years since he was in Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it was right. 2019, end of 2019, mm-hmm. he did a, a spot for DDT uh, where he did a, um intergender tag. It was him and Riho against, I think, Kanesuke uh, Takashida, uh, who we'll be talking about more in a moment. Yes. Um, and I forget who uh, Takashida, uh, or excuse me, Takeshita. Uh, yeah. I, I, forget. I know what you mean. Uh, I forget who he teamed with at the time, but still, it's just funny to look back at that and go, oh, yeah, uh, Kenny Omega and Takeshita were uh, yeah. on opposite sides of the ring. Hopefully not the last time we get to see that, and hopefully we get to see that I would imagine. real soon. Yeah. I yeah, would imagine you, not. You would think that that, that is coming, but uh, let's... Similarly, out of Japan last night, we also had the crowning of the first uh, IWGP Women's Champion. Yes. Kyrie beat Mayu Iwatani uh, to win that uh, title as well. So curious to see if there's going to be any kind of crossover with her uh you know stardom new japan obviously t- together and have a good good working relationship with aew here so that would uh that could be a fun sort of situation as well yeah that that would be incredible if if they can figure that out. i don't know who they would send over um i know uh during the press conference last night which was uh almost completely incident free uh, there was a there is a very in kayfabe MJF bit at the top sure. of the press conference uh, where he called everyone marks and you know basically said yeah but uh, you know uh, you you thought I was changing my colors you're a bunch of idiots it was very in kayfabe um, probably the weirdest thing was during the acclaimed segment uh, he called out uh, uh, what's his name Will Washington from Fightful. Uh, because he is Tony did uh, or the no, 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 did? The, uh, Max Caster did. He called okay. him out from Fightful because he is Swerve's real life cousin. Uh, and uh, he said okay. something about right. hating United States media, which was just like a little. Uh, I uh, I don't know what what was going on there. He maybe we're learning that Max's favorite letter is Q, but uh, uh, I hope not. Just, just kind of a weird thing. Other than that, 
completely incident free. Um, you know, not even really big news to, to come out of it. Sounds like, you know, the buy rates were in line with what the shows have been doing this year. So roughly 140,000 uh, pay-per-view buys, at least according to early projections and, and so on. Uh, but hey, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Zero Hour ended up being a uh, kind of eventful card, considering all of the talk the week of from Tony Khan was... Oh, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to do video packages and then it's not going to be until 730 that we actually really do anything uh, because he didn't want to burn out the crowd. Well, shock of shocks. Uh We got some matches (laughs) added on Friday on Rampage, including uh, a mind blower of a match. Uh, but uh, the the first one announced, which was also the first hit the ring, was uh, a multi-man tag. It was the best friends, Rocky Romero, and a quote-unquote very evil mystery partner against the factory of Mm. QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, Lee Johnson, and everyone's favorite, Cole Carter. Um, Who? uh, (laughs) Yes. uh, I missed this entirely. I only got to see the the, the end of show angle, or not end of show, end of match angle. Um, The mystery partner was Danhausen, but it was a more uh, vicious, more violent, more, well, evil version yeah, of he had Dan spike. Yeah, he had the spike, he had the teeth, he had the whole nine. Um, he did not have the They Live or the Jane Doe face paint, I'm guessing because he became this week the first professional wrestler to have his face paint trademarked. Uh, he probably wanted to have another custom. Really? Guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was going around uh, wrestling Twitter this Good week. You know, when wrestling Twitter was actually active and not people saying... Uh, it was so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Um, yeah, but some of the retrospectives of some of the great wrestling oh, Twitter, uh, you know, submissions over the year, you know, that one thread that I sent you, I, I was scrolling through and I was, I was, I was laughing, I was yeah. reminiscing, thinking about the days of yore yeah. when, uh, you know, we had Nia carry uh, uh, care in the world. Exactly, and and you know what? As of right now, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern on November twentieth, Twitter's still up, it's still functioning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. give another we'll, two weeks. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, a more evil Danhausen, a more aggressive face paint, a uh, new logo was designed for it. And of course, there's a new t shirt to go. No trunks, though. It. He kept the tights. Because yes. typically when he does the, the, the dark Danhausen character, he wears just trunks. But yeah. maybe that's, you know, maybe it's a slow evolution here yes. or devolution, oh, depending on which, which way you sit. Uh, well, we'll get Thursday in on it and we'll have, uh, no idea. Uh, so, uh, that was a joke for me and me alone. (laughs) So then we had, uh, then we had, uh, Renee Paquette backstage with, uh, Kanasuke Takeshita, uh, and it was uh, officially announced earlier on Saturday that he was all elite. He has signed a full-time deal with AEW and more importantly, uh, he has moved full time to the U.S. Uh, okay, I didn't catch that part, but that's awesome. Yes. Uh, so uh, it, it was later clarified uh, by Shinshiro Takagi, who is the president of DDT, who was also in attendance due to the DDT presence on the show, um, that uh, Takeshita intends to continue to work big shows for DDT. Basically, they still will be sharing him, but he will be primarily based. Uh, in the U.S. And uh, according to what I heard this morning on Wrestling Observer Radio, 
part of why he's moving to the U.S. is so it's easier for him to also do U.K. dates, which makes okay. me start to think. I know it's it's a shot I called a while ago, but could we see the All Atlantic title uh, around his waist in 2023? I feel like it's likely. Sure. I mean, you know, I don't I don't foresee many people having long reigns with that title. Um, yeah. I feel like it's best kind of served, you know, maybe four or five defenses and then on somebody else to get some fresh matchups in there. So. So, yeah, it's not you know, it's not a world title of that prestige. I mean, sure, you're building, you know, it's a new title relatively. So you're trying to build that prestige here. There's only been two champions at the moment. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah, I, I would definitely. uh definitely imagine that would be something that happens but i think the real takeaway here is um the stock in cinnabon has gone up uh, uh, (laughs) five points since the announcement of takeshita uh moving to the u.s permanently yeah i i I hate to be the guy that just quotes twitter but uh andrew rich on twitter last night had a had a great tweet which i sent to you this morning chris flash forward a year from now with aew world champion kanasuke takeshita chowing down on cinnabon at a post-pay-per-view presser saying, quote, I'm healthy and I'm young and I'm energized and I work with some very lovely people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and his English has gotten much better, too. The, he, oh, yeah. the uh, pre-match promo on Rampage was was pretty good. So, yeah. you know, see a lot of big things. It's going to be a big year for Takeshita in 2023. Uh, I also missed this match. It was Ricky Starks uh, defeating Brian Cage to advance in the title eliminator tournament. Uh, they re- was a fine f- match. Uh, what's that? It was a fine match. I caught this one. Nice. Nice. Uh, I I think TK, I mean, we've been saying, yeah, Starks is probably going to win this, although I've certainly cast the seed of doubt because it feels like Ethan Page has been shoved very much down our throat in recent memory. Um, Yeah. I I feel like TK kind of showed his hand here in delaying the finals of the tournament until after uh, Starks was physically able apparently he's been dealing with a bit of a nagging injury um but he you know it sounded like he looked good here can you confirm deny yeah he looked good for uh he got jumped before you know really coming into the ring so he didn't get a chance to take a shirt off which was odd um but i i you know i assume that was just the story thing but normally you know even if it's you know you get jumped you don't have a time to do your full intro you 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 would take it off so i don't know if he was covering up something Mm -hmm. by wearing the shirt there you know just the tinfoil hat there uh he had his i believe left shoulder taped up and i i saw some weird mark on his right shoulder as well so Mm. i don't know what the injury was he was dealing with i mean it didn't really hinder his performance too much um that i could tell uh you know it's cage did a bunch of power moves and you know starks uh outsped him um but uh you know no no major complaints about the match it didn't go too long and ricky starks won so that's kind of what i was looking for yeah um and because this was the match wrestling twitter was retweeting one of my favorite exchanges of all time uh, which was um, <laughs> last, uh, somewhere before last when uh, Brian Cage posted on Twitter, quote, yo, where the Philly street fight at? And Starks, who was going against him at the time, re- uh, quote tweeted it saying, in Philly, you big dumb bitch. <laughs> you big dumb bitch. Oh, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, he's so fine. He's there so are, fine. There are a few hey, people Ricky. who really need to stay on Twitter, and I think Ricky Starks is one of them. Let's let's keep that going. Yeah, Ricky Starks, Nyla Rose, 1-1-A. One one so. yeah. uh, this was the point that I got home and, and turned on the show. We had a video package uh, promoting the Soraya-Britt Baker match. Uh, same mm-hmm. one that was used in the countdown show and everything. Uh, right. No big surprise in that. But then we had Renee Paquette backstage with Eddie Kingston. 
And uh, Eddie, very emotional all night long, uh, kind of bookending this segment with promos from Eddie uh, as we got yeah. the pre-match promo never talking bad about... Thing. Yeah, never a bad thing. Um, we got the pre-match promo from Eddie talking about you know being 18 years old, getting his first All Japan tape, and how the man he was facing that night, Jun Akiyama, became one of his all-time favorites, and how this match was a dream. Uh Jersey crowd very much behind him. Kingston being a New York, New Jersey son himself, very much had the hometown crowd behind him. This was spinning out of the dream tag that happened the night before on Rampage, uh, where it was, as we talked about last week, uh, Kingston and Ortiz going against Takeshita and Jun Akiyama. You could tell watching that match that they were going to do a singles match. Uh, yeah. the, the the match was very good, but it was definitely built around let's let's try to keep Kingston and Akiyama separated as much as possible. I didn't think we would see it so immediately, so I was very yeah, well, enthused Friday night to hear uh, that 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 got signed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the match on Friday, and I uh, I didn't catch all of this match because I had to run upstairs to you know check in and show my face. Yes, because <laughs> I was at a friendsgiving thing. We were watching in Russell's basement uh, around a bunch of screaming kids, so I didn't get to hear a lot of the show, but I saw yeah. most of it. Um, but what I saw of this match was you know what I was hoping for. Yeah, uh, the, you know this might sound like I'm, I'm damning with faint praise. This was. I mean, it went like 10, 11 minutes. It wasn't super lengthy, mm-hmm. uh, but this was very much a greatest hits showcase from both sure. guys. But that's what it needed to be. Sometimes something that simple, you know, is delivering exactly what you want. Um, you know, right. this, this wasn't, uh, you know, a, a match of the year type match. Excuse me, but you could tell that this meant a lot to both guys, truly. And, yeah. uh, you know, Akiyama for he's getting up there in age. I believe he's in his late 40s now. Um, he decided, OK, this is one of the nights I'm going to show up and show out, which, uh, right. again, shows the respect between him and Kingston. After the match, though. Oh, Eddie. Eddie Kingston first very, very welled up with emotion. You know, thank you to the live crowd. Thank you to Akiyama. Thank you to. Uh, he listed, you know, all these past uh, deceased stars of mm-hmm. Japanese pro wrestling: Giant Baba, Ricky Dozan, Masawa, Anoki, all of that. And then he goes into a go home promo for the entire pay per view, and he's yeah. putting over match after match after match, and it's just like, holy shit! Let Eddie Kingston do this forever. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, let Excalibur save his breath for for well, once, okay? Let well, Eddie. I, I, I recognize it. you didn't get to hear everything. I don't know if you caught this part. Uh, after that promo, when they cut back to the booth, Excalibur was like, well, how the hell are we supposed to follow that? <laughs> I didn't miss that. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Buy the goddamn the, pay-per-view. Yeah, buy the goddamn pay-per-view. Uh, so good from Eddie. And um, one... If we're just going to have a thing now based off of all out in September and in this year, we're, you know, we've got the uh, it just got announced in March. Revolution will be heading to, to San Francisco, which I believe is their, yeah. their SF debut. Um, if we're going to have the Eddie Kingston dream match pre-show tour, let's do it every time and let's oh, let yeah. him do the go home promo for the pay-per-view. Like, yeah, uh, I I loved it. And the other thought I had was 
I don't mean to turn an AEW discussion into a WWE bashing discussion. Is there I anyone? Mean, it's kind of organic, isn't it? Fair. <laughs> but is there anyone in WWE who could do a promo like that where it wouldn't just seem like empty shilling, where it, w- it would it seem so genuine and real? No, because nothing seems genuine over there because it's also scripted. You know, you, you you lose that because it's okay. This is what you have to hit. You don't let the performer go out there and do what they do and say in their own voice. That's you just it just doesn't happen. And and that's not to say that the WWE superstars don't try. Right. A lot of them do really good promos. But again, you know that they were told, okay, hit this point, do this, say this. Yeah. You know, is a lot more um uh planned and thought out and 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 uh, uh premeditated than than anything that happens on AEW. Yeah. Uh and and again, Kingston like talking about how excited he was for uh Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, like that just felt so genuine from him. It didn't feel like oh, okay, I need to I need to hit the matches. Like yeah. I wouldn't have expected him to put that match over, but you could tell he was really stoked for it. Um yeah. anyway, the pay-per-view proper gets kicked off. Jim Ross joins Excalibur and, and Taz at the booth for only half the show. I know. I was like, oh, Christ, he's out at the beginning. This is going to be a long-ass night. I love that JR just at a point went, fuck it, I'm going to bed. Like, that was just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a curfew. Yeah. Uh, someone recognizes that JR cannot do a full four-hour pay-per-view anymore and god bless him for it um yeah. but uh we kicked it off with the steel cage match jungle boy jack perry against luchasaurus i feel like this delivered beyond expectations it was a really fun cage match um i i don't in retrospect and i know it's hard to you know know this ahead of time i feel like it wasn't the match to start the show mm-hmm. i don't think mm-hmm. i feel like the the trios match should have started the show obvious biases uh are in play here as well but in terms of you know setting the pace and tone for the evening i feel like the trios match would would have accomplished that better but that being said um you know luchasaurus put the work in jungle boy was all over the place you know emoting and 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 flying and countering and doing all kinds of crazy shit looking you know he had a fresh look saw the baltimore song but hopefully that's going away soon that's my only gripe New look, new hair, or like the hair was in a different uh, yeah. configuration and is longer. So, you know, he's starting to evolve and, yeah. you know, they're throwing in the Jack Perry a lot more. His fucking family was there as always. Um, Christian got involved as expected. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I wasn't super stoked going into this. Uh, I was like, eh, okay. But there was a lot of fun spots in there. And both guys really, I mean, they know each other really well. So that yeah. always adds to it. But, yeah, I was I was much impressed. I, I think the whole thing was uh, they were homaging uh, HBK, Taker, First Hell in the Cell, the whole match. I mean, uh, down to down to Jungle Boy's gear being uh, very Shawn Michaels influenced. Yeah. Um, like you, my only gripe is they got to give him a different theme. Baltimore is not, I'm ready to yeah. end this blood feud. It's like, hey, yeah, here yeah, comes yeah. another. It worked when he was, you know, in Jurassic Express. It, it, that, sure. that idea of like, here comes another fun party tag or six man. Like it, it worked there. Yeah. In this instance, it felt kind of cheesy, but the the match delivered the the anger, the hate, the blood, the violence that you would want out of a proper cage match. Uh, and the uh, top rope elbow drop, which he did Shawn Michaels style, complete with the tap yep. the uh, bicep 
um, was much like his dive on Luchasaurus uh, two weeks ago uh, when they were in Baltimore. Um, it was one of those spots that looked absolutely wild, but also incredibly clean. Like it, it yeah. could not have gone better than it did. And actually, I kind of liked how the table took a second to break. Like I, I, I thought yeah. that that added a bit to it. Um, yeah, and I think uh, you know from where he hit uh, Luchasaurus and the table, there was a big mark on the side of his uh, <laughs> chest yes. afterwards. I was like, ah, yes. that looked like it hurt like a motherfucker. He definitely got the worst of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, no doubt. But then we had uh, easily match of the night. Oh, by far, easily one of the matches of the year. But uh, there was a su- there was a surprise announcement later that uh, realized, oh shit. There's probably a lot more in the tank. Uh, yeah. As for the trios titles, it was Death Triangle of Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix against the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, Death Triangle comes out first. Penta, shirtless. Shirtless, and but with Joker gear, which I yeah. fucking hate, but... Yeah, you know. showing off that he's jacked and also really loves the Joker. Yeah. Uh, and... Typically, I'd be like, why did they have the champions come out first? Well, well yeah, I, I, know. I was completely okay with it. Big time entrance for the Elite. I don't know if this is their new theme or if it was a one-time licensing deal, but we got Kansas's carry on yeah. my wayward son as the entrance. Uh, big, big fight feel. The crowd was singing along. Taz is doing yeah, the guitar pop. riffs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was it, it was crazy. Also, I really like the uh, the the elite logo of the uh, being the AEW logo with the A and W removed. I, I thought that was kind of a cool look. Um, but uh, by God, the match that followed, if you had any concerns about them being away from the ring for a few months, especially in the case of Kenny Omega, who was just yeah. kind of warming up post injury. Yeah. All of those fears completely unfounded as these six men proceeded to have one of the most innovative, exciting, wild, and downright awe-inspiring matches you could find anywhere in the world. Dude, Kenny looks like the best bout machine is back. I mean, he was going full speed, hitting everything super crisp. Um, The the crowd was eating out of the palm of all six men's hands. Uh, You know, they, they wove in the story of of pack trying to, you know, tempt and turn Phoenix over to the dark side with the hammer. You know, you had callous on commentary, which I can't say I missed, but um, he wasn't super annoying this time. There was a very, very funny bit. Uh, I don't know if you caught this where uh, they were doing the uh, the the elite was doing triple teams mm-hmm. um, and and uh, Don Callis yells, give the people what they want. And then quietly you hear Excalibur go, uh, that's infringement, Don. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you didn't have Nakazawa or uh, Brandon Cutler get involved. I'm sure that'll happen somewhere down the line. Undoubtedly. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh but yeah it was you know guys were flying all over the place reversing moves indie standoffs galore and this is this is the kind of 
of fun flippiness that I want from these six men, and it it, it yeah. very much delivered. Yeah, and and pure like generational rival level chemistry with these guys. Uh, we already know yeah. Pack and Omega are amazing against each other. We already know the Lucha Bros and the Bucks are amazing against each other. But it was it was just the best version of all six of them showed up. Um, Pack got busted open at some point. I'm His not, nose looked like it got j- fucked up. I, I, I think, think it, I think it was uh, during one of the dives by uh, Nick Jackson. Like it okay. just caught him wrong, um, but the yeah, blood just made him look like even more of a crazed war orc than usual. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I ooh, thought ooh, that guy. was like a great enhancement. Um, but the finish, uh, Kenny goes for the one wing angel, uh, packed throws phoenix the hammer for the second time and of course the one wing angel has been set up as you know a, a one hit kill in aw yeah. so uh phoenix was like well shit i gotta uses the hammer gets the victory roll and that was the finish and uh surprisingly death triangle stands tall retaining yeah. the trio's titles I'm sure you were doing cartwheels in front of people that were just like, I didn't know we could physically do that. I was very, very excited to see this. And then, you know, I was like, wow, you know, they lost in their their return match. This is this was shocking to me. And then they announced that there's going to be a best of seven series between these two teams for the now is is each match for the trio championship or at the at the end of the seventh match, whoever wins that seventh match. Is that's the title match? That, that's a great question. You don't it do was not, It was not clarified. Um, it right. just was said that 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 basically surprise. That was the first of a seven match series. Match two will be this coming Wednesday on Dynamite uh, in Chicago. The the pre Thanksgiving show, uh, and then uh-huh. they showed the schedule of what the rest of the seven could be if they need to go to all seven. And it was shown so quickly, you wouldn't have noticed it. But, of course, there is a week off on January 4th. Right. So I did notice that as well. I I, I didn't notice it at the time. But, of course, this morning when everything broke about uh, Omega and and Osprey, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But knowing that the final match is supposed to be at the Forum in Los Angeles... You gotta be fooling yourself if you don't think they're going full seven here. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't announce a best of seven without going seven. I mean, what is that? Ever I mean, happened? didn't uh, I, I feel like because there have been some some notable best of sevens over the years, but I feel like a few of them have gone you know four five as opposed to full seven. Really? Okay, yeah. you're probably right. You have a better memory than I do, but, but in this case, I want all seven. Yeah, one thousand percent. I just want to see what they do to make seven matches work. As Those six teams. guys are creative enough to figure it out. Oh, absolutely. I'm just thinking what we saw on the pay-per-view on Sunday was such an incredible match. And I couldn't say what was left in the tank. Sometimes you watch these matches where, you know, uh, a perfect example is Omega and Ibushi a few years ago in the G1 finals. Mm-hmm. They did an incredible match, but you could tell there were some moments, some spots, some moves that they were holding out. I didn't get that feeling last night. So now I'm wondering where does it go from here? You know what? I mean, obviously there, there is the story of the continued tension between pack 
and the Lucha Bros with regards right. to cheating. Yeah. I feel like that's going to play out over the course of these seven matches. We're going to see more of that. Maybe we're going to see a more aggressive Phoenix. Maybe we're going to see Penta decide to get aggressive as well. Or maybe it's going to be like a, a tug of war between the two sides of, of Pac and Penta. And maybe that affects how we get some of the wins for the elite. It's just I, I, I've no doubt they can make it work. But right now I'm going, what the hell are they going to even pull out or be able to pull out to match, if not top? the match we had on Saturday. I'm saying the same thing, but with more excitement. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They put that graphic up. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I, I, I will just say I am excited, but also if that wasn't their idea, if that was Tony's idea, I could just imagine the Bucks and Kenny and everybody's going like, what do you, what do you mean seven? What do you, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Um, I I also would be surprised if it's kind of a push to like because live event gates for dynamite as of as of late have not been yeah. amazing. I mean, look, they basically sold out the the pay per view last night, which is awesome. Well, yeah, that's a pay per view. That's that's different. But the but, week and I show think... advances have been a bit weak. This is a great way to right. put a shot in the arm and say, hey. You're going to see the elite versus death triangle. I know personally, were I on the the fence about buying tickets, that would put me over. Right, right. Well, I think part of the problem with the the weak ticket sales is they've been hitting this northeast corridor a lot. Yes. So you need to hit some fresh markets, which look like they're going to do heading into to the new year. So uh, that will hopefully help because you know it was the same reason we didn't go to the last uh, dynamite here. It was like, oh, they were just here, yeah. and the card isn't great. Yeah. So they just you know new markets and and big matches. That's that's hopefully will turn the course and. The Ratings, you know, haven't been gangbusters either. So yeah. hopefully that bounces I mean, they, back they, up. They've not as been well. terrible, but they've not been no. blowing. Yeah, it's definitely a higher floor than before, which is good no considering they literally had to fire. Well, we don't know for sure if he's been fired because there were some very nice things said about him uh, on the press call on Thursday. Uh-huh. We don't know if Punk got fired, but without one of their biggest drawing cards. The yeah. fact that the floor has remained as high as it is, like, that's a good sign. Um, yeah. Well. Anyway, I feel so bad for these two as Jade uh, Cargill and Nyla Rose had to follow that six-man tag. Yeah. TBS a, champion versus quote-unquote TBS champion. Right. Um, I mean, they had the ingredients from the start. You know, Nyla coming out in the Eddie Guerrero-esque lowrider was an inspired entrance. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say uh, Chola uh, Marina Shafir was a choice. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Jade Cargill popping up as fucking Chitara from the Thundercats was... Dude, ner- nerd cred on Jade is yeah. through the damn roof. Yeah. Uh, and I'm here for it. Uh, but the match itself was a mess. I, I recognize Jade has an incredible look. We've talked about it, you know, that she has the wow factor for people Presence, who, don't, yeah. who don't typically watch wrestling. Uh, yeah. we, we've talked about, um, you know, how far she's come. But I, I hate using a JRism, but this match was bowling shoe ugly. This was, yeah, this was not the best performance from either woman. This was, I mean, yes, you could audibly hear the crowd go to pee, 
<laughs> but mm-hmm. but mm. it was it was a mess. Really, the only thing that worked was when they did their finisher steals at the end of the match, as we got to see uh, uh, a beast bomb from Jade and a jaded from uh, Nyla Rose. Um, but uh, Jade goes forty two and zero, and I guess we're still waiting for Chris Statlander's knee to fix itself. I don't know what's going on again. <laughs> yeah, uh, or the different knee this time, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, maybe send one of your main division uh, ladies down to, to dethrone Jade at this point. Like, I don't know if, you know, say a Britt Baker uh, yeah. would challenge a Jade Cargill. So then both Britt and Jamie have uh, belts, yeah. you know, in their little uh, thruple faction there. So yeah. maybe that's a, a, a situation that happens down the line. But, you know, maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of different people who could go down there. But, yeah, 42, I think. Is that yeah, what 42 we're and 0. 42 and 0. I mean, I'd imagine we get to at least fifty before it breaks at yeah. this point. Yeah, but you could do that on dark. I don't need that. Or you could do that on dark. You do that on rampage. Like it's or both. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could get there by the end of the year if you tried. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's there are enough uh, shows that you could do that on. Um, yeah. But then we had uh, the four away for the Ring of Honor World Title. It was Chris Ooh, Jericho man. defending against Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, and Sammy Guevara. I should have known based on how fucking good the tag match was on Wednesday. But for me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, this match completely ex- exceeded my expectations. Well, it's it's hard for me to not think that a match involving three of these four guys isn't going to be good to great. Yeah. Um, you know, especially since Brian and Sammy have seem seemingly been getting their rocks off by being the shit out of each other the past couple weeks yeah and laying into each other real fucking hard too um and you know i think that claudio making um jericho tap uh <clears throat> on dynamite was you know a big momentum swing it made me think that claudio might win the title back that was my prediction yeah. there um you know and they had a ton of really close false finishes in this match as yeah. well but yeah i mean i i certainly it probably exceeded my expectations. My expectations were probably a little higher than yours, but it mm-hmm. still exceeded them. Yeah, I, I, I just thought uh, there was some great chemistry in there. And uh, yes, we knew there was probably a moment where uh, less sex gods were going to explode mm-hmm. and we would see Sammy and Jericho uh, blow up uh, against each other. And then Danielson and Same Claudio, with, yeah. had, yep. it, it, they didn't blow up as much as go, well, hey. We love to fight. Let's do the damn thing. Uh, yeah, the segments yeah, yeah. for both were electric. Uh, yeah, truly, yeah. really well done. Yeah, the first half of the match was a little WWE four-way in, in its structure. I was just going to bring uh, that up, yeah. But also you have three-fourths of guys who have been in WWE, and I'm sure uh, the agent who worked on them was probably ex-WWE, considering how much <laughs> right, the, the agent team is from WWE now. Uh, but... I thought, especially by the finish, it was just kind of a hot fire match, and I yeah. I had a great time with it. Um, I don't know where we go for uh, final uh, battle. Final battle. Uh, I know the match on Wednesday is undoubtedly not going to result in a title change. We'll talk about that in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, but. I mean, you could go Claudio again. I think we've kind of. I was going to say, I think they, I think they run it back though. Yeah, I, I think we've said all we need to say with uh, Danielson and Jericho. Sammy versus mm-hmm. Jericho could be very interesting if they decide to do that. 
Um, but I know that some people have kind of been wondering if we're going to get Jay Briscoe against Chris Jericho, and that could be really good as well. Man, imagine the conversation they have backstage. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be privy to it, if I'm honest. Uh, then we had uh, Soraya against uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I thought this match, especially toward the end, got very good. I feel like rough, rough goings at first. Yeah, definite rough goings at first because I feel like I, much like the live crowd, was kind of holding my breath in the beginning. Yeah, and that they did kind of an early fake out of yeah. Soraya takes a bump and then is like, I don't know about this, like. I didn't love that. Like it, it. Yeah, but it happens every time. They did it with Brian. Did it yeah, with Edge. Yeah, like that's it, fair. You know, that's... I, 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 I always go back to what was it? Uh, WrestleMania 19, where you knew Kurt Angle needed to have surgery on his neck, and right. it was like every bump he took from Brock, you're just like, oh god, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, fair. It 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 was. Just a, I, I think distracting is probably the best turn of phrase to use for that. But by the end, I, 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 I thought it went very well. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't by any means match of the night uh, or no. women's match of the night even. Um, but, you know, for a first match in, what, six years or something like that? Yeah, for five, first five if not six years, yeah. You know, I think she... Did pretty okay, you know. I'm sure a lot of those things are muscle memory, and I'm sure she's been doing a fair amount of training to to try anything. I wouldn't be surprised if they rehearsed some of this match just for you know Comfort ring rust sake. Yeah, yeah, um, and to get familiar with each other because they never really touched before in in, in a match. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it it wasn't there wasn't a lot of wow. But there wasn't, you know, super egregious, like, slop shit like uh, like what apparently happened in the Jade Nyla match. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there were no moments where the referee was scrambling to remind one of the competitors their spots and where they need to be to take them. Right. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was a positive. Um, and Soraya walks on as champ. Or not as champ, sorry, as as winner and possibly in the mix for champ in the not too distant future. Um, yeah, and I had uh, made the wild prediction that we might see uh, Mercedes Varnado, aka Sasha Banks, last night. Yeah. Did not happen, um, but you know, maybe she pops up uh, on Wednesday. Who knows? I, mean, I don't know. She I still feel like she's gonna she at least show up in AEW at one point. Yeah, she she filed some uh, trademarks recently, which sound like a new wrestling name, Mercedes right. Monet. Is uh-huh, the name that uh-huh. she signed? Um, so we'll spelled like the painter. Uh, M O N E, and the E has like that little uh, oh, line on it. Accent, yeah, because okay. it's supposed to be like Mercedes money, but uh huh. No, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we had a triple threat for the AEW TNT title, as was Ring of Honor TV champion Joey Samoe. Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow. And we got the finish I think none of us expected. Uh, Nobody. I didn't pick. I didn't see anybody in any prediction I saw on Twitter. And nobody predicted Samoa Joe. And that's to our own detriment because never count out Joey Samoa. Because when it comes to big beefy boys bumping beefs in the middle of the ring, man, uh, you know. It's hard to fuck with with Samoa Joe, and we got we got a taste of uh, of the fiery, 
you know, s- snarky, pissed off Samoa Joe yeah. on uh, on Dynamite, which and that's that's my Samoa Joe right there. Yeah. Give me inject that shit into my veins. Now that he he's double champ, champ, yeah. champ, Joey two belts. On. Yeah, I'm 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 all in on this, and you know, powerhouse and and fucking Wardlow looking at each other like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I thought I thought that was great. Uh, I I thought the match. It was shockingly for three beefy dudes. It was kind of a sprint. Um, it, yeah, it, it didn't go super long. It was all killer, no filler, and they just beat the piss out of each other, uh, including a a moment where um, uh, Hobbs hits a, a pounce on Joe, which was yeah. crazy. Uh, I feel like there was another pounce on the outside uh, into the guardrail. Shout out to the front row fan for selling said pounce oh, yeah. into the guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I thought this was super fun. Um, I was distracted by Powerhouse Hobbs' uh, Buzz Lightyear uh, <laughs> color scheme uh, <laughs> singlet, though. It was distracting the hell out of me the whole match. That's That's totally fair. Um, <laughs> Wardlow was not the one to eat the finish. Uh, basically, Wardlow right. got uh, th- three power bombs in, was going for a fourth. Joe cuts him off, then hooks the coquina clutch on uh, on Hobbs, and that ended up being the Quick finish. Tap. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Joe eats. Joe uh, wins. Hobbs eats the finish. I guess this is the time to reelevate Wardlow because he's definitely got a bit cold. Uh, oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, you look back to May at Double or Nothing when he beat MJF, it felt like, okay, this this is a world champion guy. Yes, I know in ring he's not quite there yet, but he is hot enough. He is enough of a, a an AEW-made product, which is something you can certainly say now. Looking at the, the scope of the AEW titles, as many as they have, it is uh-huh. all AEW projects now, especially after the main event. Well, lose your bros and pack. Uh, Not so much. Well, yeah. well, I think of Lucha Bros as AEW guys, even though I know they had their Lucha time. Uh, yeah, but. how dare you? How dare you undercut the impact <laughs> of Robert Rodriguez's Lucha Underground? Fair. You son of a bitch. Um, but after the match, we went back. He's going to send the Spy Kids after you now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Machete. <laughs> well, okay, that's the one I'm worried about now. Mm-hmm. Um, we went backstage. Tony Schiavone was talking with Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, they were talking about Sammy Guevara's match, or sorry, sorry, Sammy Guevara's actions in the match. Um, mm-hmm. Jericho giving Guevara props for taking it to him, actually. So I guess all is still good in the JAS. But uh, <sighs> here comes Orange Cassidy and a comedic Dan Housen. Uh, and yeah, OC's like, uh, hey, just so you know, uh, I got a friend who's a former Ring of Honor champion who wants to face you. And uh, we're getting for the Thanksgiving Eve Dynamite. Chris Jericho defending against Tamahiro Ishii. Yes. What the fuck? I mean, it, yeah, it was explained I mean, very well because Jericho talks about how when he got his start in war, you know, wrestling association are uh, that that's when Ishii was a young boy. And, uh, you know, he still only sees him as a young boy and all that. Like it was it was a nice crazy to me because yeah. Ishii seems like he's 60 years old. <laughs> he's like my grandpa. Uh, but it, it I, I just thought it was a, a nice little touch to give a bit of backstory there. And then uh, as soon as Jericho says his bit, he walks away and it's just OC and Hager and uh, Hager's talking about his hat and 
asks uh, OC what's in the bag, and OC goes, "Hey, uh, it's the All Atlantic title. You want to fight?" And sure enough, we got it. We're getting a match on Wednesday as yeah. uh, the the man with the hat more charismatic than him, Jake Hager, will be going against Orange Cassidy for the All Atlantic title. And I said I wanted to make a point about this. Yes, I realized Orange Cassidy's current character is a laid back version of what I really loved about Hangman Page's end of world title run, where it was just like, fuck it. You want a match? I'll Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a very chill version where OC yes. somehow has become an aggressor and just like, hey, you, you, you want to fight for this? He's a cool. passive aggressor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Put it on a T-shirt, yeah. folks. The passive aggressor, Arne Cassidy. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, I saw somebody on Twitter uh, post this, and I think it should I think it should be title for hat. So if and when <laughs> Cassidy beats Jake Hager, I want OC to walk around in that hat now. Yes. I would wash it a couple times first, but yes, yeah, definitely <laughs> don't know what's living under there <laughs> in that house, the Hager household. Appropriately, perhaps Jim Ross decided, "Fuck it, I'm not calling a Jeff Jarrett match," and this is where he left the booth. Wouldn't you? By, yeah, replaced by Tony Schiavone. <laughs> but you know what? I'm I'm going to eat all my words. I'm not going to say it was a great match by any means. I'm going to say it was a great match. It was barely a match. <laughs> but Darby and Sting against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett was really fucking fun. It was fun. I mean, it was it was the typical Darby Sting around the arena brawl, and that's yeah. You know, to 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 make a match like this work, you had to do that. Um, because I don't want to see Jeff MVP of the match. fucking hammerlocks in 2022. Yes. No disagreement, but the quiet MVP of the match was fucking Satnam Singh. Uh, I mean, you one know, one of the craziest spots, yeah, one yeah. of the craziest spots of the whole show. I didn't think they could top Darby doing his suicide tope and bouncing off of Satnam Singh. Yeah. Darby during this brawl takes one of those like 16, 20 foot ladders. Yeah. I don't know what the actual off the height stage. is. Off the yeah. stage, he's doing the coffin drop on the floor, but Satnam Singh, who's seven feet tall, gets in between and just catches Darby <laughs> like yeah. a like a basketball. Just it was, yeah. For all of the momentum and craziness, <laughs> Give me the rock Darby it. has with that. Satnam yeah. just like Whoop, well, he was a baby. basketball player, so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. natural, second nature to him. Uh, I. I thought that was one of the craziest and most well-executed things I've ever seen. Also, we got to see that apparently the power of Sting has transferred to Darby as uh, Darby gets oh, yeah, whacked no with sell. the guitar and then he starts yeah. no-selling and pounding his chest. So He uh, got knocked with the guitar while doing a coffin drop. Yes! Yes! So he, 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 he fell backwards, took a guitar shot to the back, bumped, and then got up and no-sold. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, fucking insane. And then we also found out that Sting literally has a death warrant because he overshot that dive off the fucking <laughs> uh, crowd balcony yeah. by far. I, I don't know. I, and I, I honestly, I want to blame Jay Lethal, but I can't blame Jay Lethal. No. And, and was, it, was it Sanjay or Satnam there? I don't remember. Who Satnam the other was there. Honestly, Satnam probably Satnam. saved his life. So again, yeah, because Sting, Sting quiet was fucking, MVP. <laughs> yeah, he was turned to eleven, and he really did that fucking dive with some extra oomph and nearly broke his neck. And the finish was not the cleanest, but absolutely crazy on paper. Lethal yeah. goes for the lethal injection. Sting catches it, catches it into uh, the 
Scorpion, Scorpion death, death Drop. And at the same time, uh, Darby comes off the top with the Coffin Drop. That gets the pin. And uh, hopefully yeah. that was the well, beginning. And Darby also did that uh, uh, crazy full dive uh, tope on Jeff JR knocking him into 2024. So. Yes. <laughs> hopefully this was the beginning and the end of Jeff Jarrett as an in-ring competitor uh, yeah. in AEW. Uh, I, one thing I will note in this, finally, Chris, yeah. after 20 years and countless profit-free periods, TNA got in an entire arena chanting for them. Granted, it wasn't on their own show, and it featured two guys who very notably left the company, but yeah. TNA finally had an arena chanting for them. Didn't, wasn't Jared, Congrats, didn't guys. he found TNA? What's that? Well, didn't Jeff Jarrett found TNA? He did, but he left. Yeah. yeah. And, well, yeah. And, but You know, Sting was, was one I of mean, the, the, the first big acquisitions after yeah. the initial yeah. era, and he left. Uh, and Lethal, too. Yeah. <laughs> But just like, you know what? There you go, guys. Finally, after all this time, you well, did Sanjay it. was there as well, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. why they're kind of a TNA stable. Right, right, to, right. Uh, uh, yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we had the uh, interim women's title match, which really should just become the women's title. Yeah. Drop the fucking interim. All right. Yeah. Jesus. Especially just give Thunder Rosa a title shot when she comes back. Like, if she comes back. Right. Whatever right. the fuck's going on there. Exactly. Uh, but it was Jamie Hader against Tony Storm, Jamie Hader challenger, Tony Storm champion. And this was a rarity in so much as the more the match went on, the more the interference happened, the more crowd got it into it. Uh, yeah. By the end of the match, people were absolutely losing their shit at the possibility of the match ending and Jamie Hader not becoming the new champion. Yeah, uh, but hey, they were they, biting. I was biting. I yeah, was like, I was, every fucking false finish they did, every near falls, like, oh god, oh god, you know. Yeah, either, especially you know, because uh, a few of them were, you know, Brit interfering and right. it not working out in Jamie's favor. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, that's where they do the breakup. That that's how they do it. Yeah. But no, uh, friendship is rare. Friendship sticks around, and uh, we. Now. <laughs> yeah, for now, and we have a new women's champion as uh, the the big mm. lariat takes down Tony Storm and Jamie Hader, who came in as the biggest star, had big time pyro and everything too. Yeah, love the new yeah. year last night. Also, uh, she she looked like a, a massive star. Um, yeah, but uh, Hader wins it, and uh, the crowd in New Jersey losing their goddamn mind. It was it was much deserved. The crowd definitely wanted it. They, it was the right time to pull the trigger on it. I mean, honestly, the right time might have been the 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 four way or triple threat match they had last pay per view. But you know, it gave her more time to get some more groundswell and more uh, crowd behind her. And I'm I'm very happy. I mean, that's not to say anything about Tony Storm, but we've many times on this podcast talked about how Tony has issues booking a women's champion. Yes, um, and, and, and so. in general, pulling the trigger at the right time. Right. So did the right thing here and we'll see, you know, there's a couple ways this could go here with uh, with her as champion, but very happy for her because, man, uh, and, you know, interference aside, Tony and, and Jamie, like they were going full bore at each other. And I was uh, I was very much into the match for obviously athletic reasons, but, you know, storytelling and, you know, yeah. performance wise as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the the amount of jiggle in that match was just, you know, just choice. 
Yeah, we had beef earlier, and this was the follow-up cake dessert. It was great, too. Yeah, okay, so much cake. Uh, and then uh, we had, for the AEW Tag Team titles, the acclaimed Vanthony Bowens and Max Caster defending against Swerve in our glory of uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. This was the rubber match. Challengers yeah. coming out. Keith Lee rocking a full-on solid snake gear. Yeah. So <laughs> shout-out, Keith. Uh, and yep. the acclaimed yeah. so hyped up, crowd so hyped up with them that Max got two verses in. Yeah, he threw some extra bars at us. So, yeah, so that's some that uh, was some good stuff there. I will say, I will forever see Swerve Strickland <laughs> as Randall from Monsters Inc. Thanks for ruining yeah. him for me. Uh, no, I think it was an enhancement actually. Well, fair. Uh, this yeah. match was a lot of fun. Um, probably if I were to rank them. Uh, I think this was better than the Grand Slam match, but neither match touched Agreed. the uh, all-out match, which just Agreed. was completely electric. Um, yeah. You had everything you needed, you know? You, you had Billy Gunn having his comeuppance, but it wasn't part of the, the finish because yeah. security and refs took him away. Uh, you had the uh, official breakup of Swerve in Our Glory. You had Keith Lee being the bigger man, literally and figuratively. Um, and you had... Yeah. Well, the vill- I, I- and oh, I, I loved just the sidetrack. I loved how he just he didn't attack Swerve. He just no. like, no, nah, man, I'm not doing this. You're yeah. on your own. Fuck you. Yeah. And then was like laughing as he was getting his ass kicked walking up the ramp. I'm like, that's that's a very in character move for yes. Keith Lee yes. to not be the aggressor, not be the guy to, you know, um, uh, uh, actively cost him the match. Mm-hmm. But just like, no, nah, uh, uh, no, nah. yeah, this, this isn't my this isn't that ain't my, me. Uh, that ain't what my I vibe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I much appreciated that that uh, that that way that played out. Yeah. And then, uh, um, you know, the finish, of course, uh, acclaim getting the big win, uh, retaining the belt. Um, you know, where we go from here, obviously, we're going to have Swerve and Keith Lee have a feud coming yeah. out of this. I assume that it's going to be FTR and the acclaimed uh, maybe at Winter's Coming. Uh, I I. And I hold no ill will to the acclaimed here. I think it's time to put the belt on FTR. Um, but, uh, you know, a great showing. And if Bowens really did have a legit shoulder injury, it certainly looked like it because he was doing press all week and he had a sling on. Uh, you wouldn't have known it. Dude gutted out and had a great performance in the match. And, and that dude is a star yeah. and a half. Uh, I will no, say uh, we had the continued storyline of, of hubris by way of weapons. Uh, tonight, yeah, because of course, Phoenix yeah. with the hammer. We had the the pliers here, and how that ruined Swerve Strickland. But then the main event of the evening, it was the Ring of uh, Ring of Honor. Excuse me, it was the oh, AEW boy. World Title as John Moxley defended against MJF, and uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring almost came into play in the finish. Yeah, but MJF tosses it away. Being the baby face that he was for most of the match, shout out Mox for working heel appropriately yeah. throughout the match, including wearing my least favorite pair of pants he's ever worn Ooh. in AEW. Yeah, they were rough. Yeah, Renee, the, what are you doing? Why yeah, are you letting the, him leave the house like that? The burgundy <laughs> Lululemon with custom Mox patches is not really a good look, John. Um, no, but uh, right. hey, bud. Enjoy your six-week vacation or whatever that you have right. truly earned by being oh, no a doubt. workhorse among workhorses this year uh, as the finish as telegraphed, but not dramatically so. Done very sure. cleverly through 
uh, through moments and backgrounds of promos and and camera blocking and everything. To this point. As yeah. uh, MJF, he decides not to use the dynamite ring, but you know what? William Regal on the outside sees something he respects, takes the brass knucks, the old power of the punch, and slides them to MJF, so he's able to hit the punch on Mox, and we have ourselves a new world champion, just in time for the bidding war of 2024, Maxwell Jacob <laughs> Freeman goes over in the main event as the New Jersey, New Jersey crowd loses their mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard Mox boo that booed that loudly in AEW. Yeah. Certainly uh, not in AEW, but that, that was the desired, you know, the uh, intent yeah. of, of everything that they did there. Now, the way you you and I, the way you kind of explained that you made it kind of seem like Regal made his mind up in that moment to pass him the knucks. Yeah, is that was was that your intent, or do you think this was premeditated from the start? How do you think they're going to play it? It's a great question because there's now also, and I recognize some may go, "Is this a question we really want answered?" Especially considering our our uh, our issues with them, uh, how they've been presented on television to this point. We got no clarity or closure on the firm stuff, which I kind of thought yeah. would be part of the finish here, even if it still resulted right. in Regal going, you know what? You're my guy. Just thinking about how in the promos there was this ongoing bit about how Regal noticed Mox from a young age of 26 and said, that's the villain I'm backing. Well, now we've got another 26-year-old. Yeah. One who has been trying to impress William Regal. And I still one, can't believe he's only 26. Yeah, but but one who did what he, you know, what his mentor in William Regal told him mm-hmm. to do. I I do yeah. think that there's going to be part of that. Now, to the side of that, what does this mean for the Blackpool Combat Club? They could break it up now. I mean, I I, I think Danielson is fine on his own. I think Claudio is fine on his own. My only real gripe would be, what do you do with a Wheeler Yuta? Because we haven't gotten closure with him and Max. We haven't gotten closure with him and Danielson. And Brian, yeah. Um, I feel like Yuta would be an appropriate guy as an early defense, even though it's probably going to be Ricky Starks at Winter's Coming. I feel like Yuta as a guy being like, you know, I, I knew that things weren't right here in the BCC. I didn't know it was regal, but I'm going to do this for me and my self-respect and I'm going to go after MJF, blah, 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 blah. I could see that being the direction they go in. Um, but that's a pretty big merchandising cow. You just <laughs> sacrificed. If you did just kill the BCC, uh, especially yeah. cause you never put that dope ass looking soccer Jersey that Claudia wore on dynamite on shop right. One of a handful of instances where I've gone, I really want to own that after seeing it on AEW television. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, there, I don't know what they do. What, where do you think this goes from here, Chris? Well, there was somebody posted a video taken at the arena last night of once the show went off the air and okay. the Yuta, Brian and Claudio came out to console and explain what happened to Moxley. And, you know, Moxley was selling it like, what the fuck just happened? He did what sort of thing? And he was, yeah. you know, kind of inconsolable and very upset about it. So at least at the moment, they're kind of a united front. But yeah, I mean, 
how do you do a Blackpool Combat Club without William Regal? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, that's where the name came from. He was the linchpin. He's the one who brought Brian and Mox together to, yeah. to form the thing. Uh, and that was that was only a what? Double or nothing? So uh, that was just a, uh, or revolution. Was it revolution. 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 So, so a shy of a year, year ago. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, it, it is a lot of merch money left on the table, but I don't see how it continues, you know, as it is. Like you said, Mox probably going away for a little while. Uh, there's issues between Yuta and Brian, Claudio, you know. Yeah, def- I, I, definitely I, still I, consumed by his, his hunt for the Ring of Honor title. Um, yeah. I will say there's an X factor in all of this. I don't know if you got to see this. Uh, there was a post-show interview that got posted on AEW social media from Eddie Kingston. Okay. Talking about having the Akiyama match and how it made him realize he needed to respect this ring again. And he needed to make himself proud and he needed to make his friends proud. And he said he is not giving up until he gets the world title. Okay. So I feel like, I mean, watching the show last night, watching dynamite on Friday or not dynamite rampage on Friday. There is very much an audible crowd response who wants to see Eddie, if not achieve the goal, be in that mix. Sure. And I do feel like, especially now that Mox is going to be gone for a few weeks, it's time to push some guys up. It's time to, because you know, you've got page and, and Cole, we're both out right now. They were definitely in the world right, title yep. scene. So mm-hmm. in terms of people who are a given for the world title right now, you've got Jericho and MJF and maybe Omega, but Omega is going to be tied up for the next seven weeks in this right. trios tournament. Yeah. Ricky's about to get bounced up, but like you probably want four five, six guys in the mix. Who do you put in that role to face MJF hmm. as a heel? I think Kingston's a no brainer just because he could, you know, what, what's the turn of phrase? He could sell ice cubes to Eskimos. Like he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's very popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. Yeah. He, he could make it work. And I, I do think two guys with a similar background of loving pro wrestling coming from the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah. Yeah. But how divergent their paths have been a guy who has become a lifer who busted his ass until right. he was, you know, 37, 38 years old, get the finally get a contract. Prodigy. Yeah. Versus yeah. a prodigy who, who, you know, set himself in the stratosphere from the jump and also both extremely skilled on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. No, a build for that would be great. Um, I definitely don't think a Wardlow goes right against an MJF because no. we just did that whole thing. So you keep them away for at least a little while. I mean, down yeah. the line, I don't I don't see MJF losing this title barring some crazy circumstance for a bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is going to be a lengthy reign for him. So, you know, you, you have to have some some blue chipper baby face uh, competitors for him. Right. Maybe, you know. Maybe Claudio is one of those guys because uh, he's probably pissed off about what Regal did as well. Yeah. And I think a Claudio MJF match could be really good. Maybe he works his way through the rest of the BCC. Danielson uh, MJF know. would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And MJF, we didn't mention, looked absolutely shredded and fantastic. Oh, my God. Night. Yeah. He like, was dude spent his uh, contract negotiation time, uh, you know, <laughs> getting hella ripped uh, yeah. and yeah. much respect to the guy for it. Um so, you know, uh, yeah, Starks, but again, you know, 
with it being Starks, I would be disappointed that Starks wouldn't be a champion coming out of it. But, you know, you can only have one person champion at a time. And I understand right, that. Right. But, and, and I think losing well would elevate him into that mix sure. of people. Um, but really, just front to back, I know the, the build was shaky at times. But I thought this was a really great pay-per-view and, and really reminded you, like, you know, you spend your 50 bucks or, you know, $20 on fight by way of a VPN. Um, you get your money's worth. They're, yeah. You don't feel like you wasted money. And uh, right. hats off to everybody for putting on an incredible show. I can't wait to see what Dynamite ends up like on, on Wednesday. Yes, it's Thanksgiving Eve, so it'll probably be a lower-rated show. But we got the fallout from Full Gear, and, and we'll see what happens there. And uh, I, I think they are well-equipped heading into Winter's Coming and a, and a big 2023 for the company. Yeah, it, it definitely set new wheels in motion. I like, you know, some fresh faces, faces as champions, um, and a lot of possibilities. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's an exciting time to uh, to have, you know, to have this option of AEW uh, minus these assholes and Jeff Jarrett. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just about to say we're missing the obvious answer, Jay Lethal. <laughs> MJF one on one live at Revolution. Let's do the damn thing. Come on. Let's fucking not. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Roughhouse, Roughhouse uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Roughhouse podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The WWE Network is making an effort to have programming for all walks of life. From your pure pro wrestling action to fantastic reality-based programs, the WWE is excited for its network. And why not introduce a new sitcom? Using the best of CGI and holographic technology, the WWE presents That's So Macho! On the next episode of That's So Macho... Dad, kids at school are teasing me, and I don't know how to get them to like me. Remember that one time WCW made me use Sid Vicious as a bodyguard, but he never did anything. Ooh, it sucked. Hey, hey, macho, you want to help me uh, stock these shelves? You're going to sit around being, you know, macho all day long. I had a rap album one time. No one liked it. Not even the people that helped me make it. Yeah, please buy one. It goes to my estate. I've seen a lot of macho men in my time, macho, but you're probably one of the most savage. <laughs> See you at the bake sale this weekend. I had a girlfriend that was 38 years younger than I was, and I gave her the business. Ooh, yeah. I made her call me Bobby the Brain, and then licked my brain. It's the nickname for my balls. Mm. Smell like Slim Jims. That's so macho on the new WWE Network. Watch my show, or I'll fucking haunt you. No one wants to wake up in the middle of the night and hear boo, ooh, ooh, yeah, macho activity.